Welcome to Conversations with Doc Martin. This video series focuses on extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Today is certainly no exception. We're joined by Scott Bellina. Scott is the Senior Director of Diversity, Belonging, and Giving at Citrix. In his role as Global Diversity and Inclusion and Corporate Citizenship Leader, he develops and manages initiatives to engage employees, stakeholders, and leaders to create diverse, inclusive, and equitable workplaces and communities. Prior to joining Citrix, he spent two years at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, leading the creation of a diversity and inclusion strategy. He spent more than 14 years at Deloitte where he assisted his clients in solving their toughest challenges related to diversity and inclusion, employee well-being, business process design, and software implementations. Scott started his career, however, as a US Navy Supply Corps officer and left the Navy after seven years, achieving the rank of Lieutenant Commander. So Scott, welcome to you. Thanks for having me, Martin. Yeah, I'm super excited to, to chat with you for a number of reasons. Uh, uh, we met a number of years ago. Uh, most recently, uh, we were on one of those Vakaya vacations. And yeah. uh, we, were, we were down there in Mexico having a good time and kind of started chit-chatting. And here we are. Here we so, are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are today. So, um, you know, I guess I want to start, first of all, by thanking you for your service, sir. And I, I'm very curious. <laughs> How does one go from a Navy Supply Corps lieutenant sure. to diversity, inclusion, and employee initiatives and supply chain? Like, paint me a picture here, sir. Yeah, yeah. I've had a very, very untraditional career. <laughs> um, I feel I feel like I have a little of a professional attention deficit disorder. I just like <laughs> to, I like to try I like to try different um, different things. You know, it, I mean, honestly, even how I got into the Navy was sort of circuitous. You know, my my uh, my dad was an unemployed steel worker in Pittsburgh. My mom was a secretary. There was really no money for me to go to college. Um, and, I, you know, honestly, I didn't really ever dream of joining, you know, joining the military, but um, the Navy um, provided me an ROTC scholarship. Um, mm -hmm. And that allowed me to go to Penn State. And I, you know, and I absolutely loved it. Um, but once I was there, one of the things that really just motivated and inspired me were, were the people that I got to work with, the sailors from all over the country and, and getting to um, travel to, you know, places I had never been. I'd never been on a plane before I had joined the Navy. Oh, wow. Um, so okay. that was the very first time. And I, you know, I got to be, I did a foreign exchange with the Japanese Navy and the South Koreans. I got to go all over, you know, uh, sort of the Mediterranean and the, and, the, and the Middle East. And that just, I mean, frankly, opened up a world to me that yeah. I'd read about, but had yeah. never actually, you know, nor anyone in my immediate family had really ever experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I loved it. Um, and, but, you know, I, I didn't want to make a career out of it. And mm -hmm. uh, towards sort of towards the end of my time in the Navy, I got to be part of a software implementation uh, program and, and Deloitte was Deloitte was one of the vendors and just really really liked it enjoyed enjoyed the work I was doing and when I left the Navy you know joined Deloitte and mm -hmm. my full-time job was um, was software implementations process redesign and implementing various mm -hmm. kinds of, of software for mostly the US mostly the US federal government mm -hmm. But my side job <laughs> was um, was diversity inclusion. Um, yeah. So I got to I got to help start an LGBTQ uh, employee resource group in the mm -hmm. Washington D.C. office. Um, that led me sort of when Prop Eight happened. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that led me to take on a national role helping, you know, we are, Deloitte's sort of original um, DNI program was very grassroots and office-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Prop 8 happened and, and the subsequent sort of federal lawsuits, that made him take a much more U.S., you know, U.S.-wide approach. So uh, one of the partners and I got to set up sort of that national, that national infrastructure and, yep. and I loved it. And and then that led the chief diversity officer to ask us help all the other employee resource groups oh, wow. to do the same thing um, that we did. But all this time, kind of my career was progressing with software implementation and I was getting bigger roles and promotions and I um, kind of was on the track to make partner. Um, mm-hmm. And part of the, you know, part of the par- partner process at Deloitte is, you know, you kind of create your business case and you socialize it with groups of partners and there's practices and sure. And I was, I was doing all that, but part of that business case is not just sort of the money side of it, but it's like, what are you doing to make Deloitte a better place? Okay. And mine was all about my, my diversity work, you know, for the, for the most part. And a, a good friend and mentor of mine, um, and she and I are st- still in, in contact, after seeing me present one time, said, Scott, you are a different person up in front of that room when you talk about your diversity work. Your energy changes. You can see how much you love and care about it. And um, she's like, just... She's like, I don't know what that means, but I want you to, you know, I want you to think about that. And sort of a year later, I I was, and I was like, you know, I'm where I thought I always wanted to be, um, but I'm not sure that the the next step that I thought I was going to partner was was what I wanted to do. So I really kind of took a pause and, and, you know, thankfully my, uh, the partners that I worked for were like, Scott, we want you here in whatever capacity that may, um, mm-hmm. that may be, you know, they, they, like, they were wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of self exploration going on and, you know, I was, I was talking to people within the firm. I, you know, frankly, I was, you know, interviewing out, outside of the firm, but I had an opportunity, uh, present itself to work for Deloitte's leadership center for inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, um, that was working internally um, and doing research, but then taking that research to clients. And they wanted someone, even though it was an internal role that had client service experience. And that was kind of the toehold um, that I needed. And I spent sort of a few more years on that team, left for the Gates Foundation, and then wound up here at at Citrix all these years. All these years later. That's an amazing story. And is so many people, and I guess I have to include myself in that, started out thinking they were going to go down one track. Right. And they end up somewhere completely different. Yeah. And, and my so, degree in chemical engineering. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Makes perfect so, sense, right? <laughs> yeah. That, I, I forgot about that part. And that's <laughs> even more fascinating, right? So so I guess I'd love to talk about that, the 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 human element of this sure. journey, if you will, uh, because so many of my guests on this channel, that's, that's one of kind of our, our focuses and uh, relative to, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting here, you're, you're in the Navy, you then get this opportunity presented to yourself at Deloitte, you're doing X, Y, Z in terms of software implementation, et cetera. And then the next thing you know, by hook or by crook, and 
you you end up in diversity and inclusion. And and you mentioned that you know it was kind of I, I believe your words I think were crossroads. And so t- talk just a little bit about that crossroads. Like what went through your mind where you're like, well, I thought I was going here to be a director, and now I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Talk to yeah. us about that. Um, it, there there was a lot of kind of reevaluation. Um, that was me reflecting on what was really important to me. Okay. Um, and, and what was, uh, what was going to inspire me to wake up every day? And I mean, you know, I, I, I guess I, when I like coach people, I always say, you know, we spend a ton of time at work, yep. right? Like yep. it is, you know, <laughs> other than sleeping, it's probably the majority of our day, yep. right? Is, yep. is we're working. And if you're not doing something that you really care about and, you know, that, like, is that how you want to spend every day for as long as your work life is, you know, is, is going to be. And um, kind of when I really, really sat with that, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it just made me reflect on like the thing that I really enjoyed about even the software stuff was running the team and getting mm-hmm. all these disparate people to, you know, to, to work together to achieve something. And, and which really is what, you know, as I reflected back, which really is what really motivated me when I was in the Navy, right? It was, you know, whether I was the food service officer on the ship and we were preparing, you know, 1200 meals a day <laughs> for, you know, to feed, to feed all the, the sailors and, you know, officers, or it was, you know, implementing SAP or PeopleSoft for a, mm-hmm. a, a government client, or you know, or you know, further along in, in the diversity career, like it was, it was that all those people dynamics and getting mm-hmm. all those differing points of view and creating mm-hmm. something better than mm-hmm. any one of us could have created on our own um, is what really kind of inspired me, and and that's you know, that's the work of diversity and inclusion, yeah, right? To teach, absolutely. Um, to teach people um, not only how to do that, but also recognize that there's an even broader differing mm-hmm. points of view than they even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from, from their little, you know, from their kind of initial world worldview. Yeah, that that's fantastic. I, I love what you said relative to, you know, we spend so much time at work. We, <laughs> we, we, da- I'm, I'm going to paraphrase and say we damn well better enjoy it. So, um, <laughs> You know, and, and that's really true. And and for members of the LGBTQ plus community, I mean, and that can be a huge challenge uh, because for so many of us, we feel like we have to hide. Yeah. And I, mean, I was, I was uh, married to a woman in the Navy during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yeah. Um, so, so I did the ultimate, ultimate hiding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I forgot to mention uh, to you, actually company I work for, Spear Education, was just devoted as one of the top companies in Arizona for diversity and inclusion, which I'm very proud of. Congratulations. Yeah. So we're super excited about that here at Spear. And um, it's very important to us. It's very important to me, you know, that, that people can live their true selves. And so, you know, I, I'm kind of curious over the years, uh, because it's been a number of years now between your current role, the the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, and then and then before that with Deloitte. That it's it's a decent number of years now, and so I'm kind of curious the humanistic element, like how you've seen the people you've interacted with, kind of change over the years relative to you know feeling like they had to hide versus being more open today. Like what what have yeah. you seen? Yeah, I mean I think there's um, 
tremendous energy from from employees and, and um, in, in a good way that really yeah. are holding organizations to account that they mm -hmm. are living their values. Mm -hmm. um, and I think um, I think people are being kind of less shy about that, which which I yeah. think is is wonderful. Like yeah. that, that um, it, and I think it really kind of opened up with um, with Prop 8, honestly, within <laughs> within organizations where um, not that it was, I don't want to say it was sort of a political motivation, but it was, it was that to me, it was really one of the biggest, um, social issues where corporate America, and that's, you yep. know, since, since I've left the military, that's largely where I've worked, push their organizations to really weigh in on yep. social, social issues. And once that model was in place, that that just keeps happening, and you know, I, I would say that all of us are living through it with in, in regards to racial equity, right? Yep. You know, right, right now, and and you know, we're we also are looking really strongly at gender, you know, gender equity, which continues to be mm -hmm. this <laughs> lingering problem, even though we've been working on it for decades and decades and decades. Uh, so I, I think that that change has been really, mm -hmm. uh, really wonderful. That that it's just um a, a push that a yeah. lot of you know a lot of organizations um need yeah i i think it's it it's interesting too because I, I have a bunch of different ways that i think of of the whole concept of rainbow washing that people typically use during pride month we're we're filming this toward the end of pride month it'll uh, be debuted after pride month but you know i sit here and i and i think you know speaking to somebody in, in corporate america relative to inclusion and diversity you know, my thought process is, okay, so yes, there may be some companies that are kind of jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak, because everybody's doing it. But by the same token, uh, the visibility is there that was never there before. So it, it's almost like a two-edged sword in a way. And I'm kind of curious how, how you look at this. Subject. Yeah, I kind, of, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Uh, that, that overall, it's really wonderful. I mean, yeah. if, I, if I reflect back on you know, teenage Scott Bellina yeah. <laughs> growing up outside of Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania, who didn't feel like he fit in. Yep. And you know, the 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 gay person I saw was Billy Crystal on soap, right? Like right. He, right. You yeah. Know, I mean, that that's I'm you know I'm gonna be fifty this year, so that <laughs> kind of gives you gives you uh, well, welcome welcome to the club, my friend. It's yeah, all, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the the water's warmer here. It's all good. You know, it's all listen, good. I think forties and fifties of bathroom fifties have been great, so I'm I'm yeah. not complaining. But for for someone, you know, to see all of that and all of that support doesn't necessarily change their circumstances right, right this right this moment, but they see that there's something else out there than what yeah. they're. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's just that's just a good thing. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. And I think yeah. I think I think that's an area where many of us make mistakes with this work is mm -hmm. that we don't allow for mistakes. One sure. one. One in our own growth that, that, and I hear this a lot when I'm doing kind of one-on-one -on -one coaching that, that people are very nervous about mm -hmm. saying the wrong thing yeah. and, and it, it can really be just this huge barrier yeah. to, to engaging and growing. Yeah. And um, like, I've screwed it up. Listen, I, I've said the wrong thing. Sure. I've offended people. Sure. Like, I care about this deeply, but 
you know, I, I'm always learning and growing. Yeah. And if we let that hold us back, we we will never go anywhere. Yeah. But I think that that is one thing. And, and whether that's personally or organizationally, sure. you have to be willing to try some things and it may not work out. Yeah. And for those of us, you know, with marginalized identities, we have to show a little grace to people that are, are, who are, our intentions are really good. Yeah. Um, but may just screw it up because they yeah. don't they don't know better and you know i've never been the sort of the point of view of you know you came at me wrong and you know i'm gonna let you know that you did right, right. like it doesn't you're, you're not a bad person right. i don't hate you right you haven't ruined our working you know our working <laughs> relationship um but and you may not even agree with what i tell you yeah but you're, you're gonna hear it and it may not sink in this time but it may sink in the next time you hear it from someone, you know, someone yeah. differently. So yeah. I, I think that's one area that, um, uh, you know, that all of us, whether it's a, you know, corporate corporate company or individuals really, um, really have a place to, to lean into, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we think about leaning into it and, and just even dipping our toes in the water for those that may be unfamiliar or want to be more inclusive and or open. Um, you know, it, it can be kind of a scary place. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I've always kind of viewed myself just in my own personal life as wanting to be somebody that, that others can, can come talk to. Um, you know, I, I had a very interesting uh, thing happen to me this week. I, I'm, I'm in a, a new, uh, new to me, uh, advanced coaching program that's completing this month. And uh, I, I was the, 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 the peer client for the group. It was what they called a coaching intensive and we worked through some stuff. And, and one of my classmates, who's a lovely woman, you know, messages me on Facebook messenger and said, you know, I, I, you know, not everybody would accept this. You know, I, I hope you're not offended, but you know, I feel that, you know, God is working through you and, and, you know, this is your call at blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I'm not offended at that at all because I understand the place from which it came. Right. And so I, I thought it was actually very, very lovely. And so those are the, those are kind of the opportunities that we can all embrace to kind of, kind of move forward and, and build uh, a society that's more diverse and inclusive, inclusive. Absolutely. And, and it, I mean, it's challenging right now. Like yeah. <laughs> a, yeah. a lot of our identities have, you know, yeah. gotten co-opted and politicized yep. And, yep. and, you know, it's, it becomes parts of national, um, national debate. So it feels Absolutely. Like, I think, even more fraught Absolutely. Um, with, with, uh, with tension when you don't Absolutely. Um, it's, coming from. it's funny you just uh, you said the words uh politicizing our identities and uh you just made my mind explode because <laughs> you know now now that we're now that we're hopefully uh on the back end of covid you know i even i even have felt at times that my i i consider myself a scientist as a dentist i mean my whole my whole undergraduate and graduate degrees were in the sciences so i consider myself a scientist and and my scientific identity got politicized relative to the science of even wearing a mask as an example. And it's just, it is become so polarizing. Um, but we, there's a lot of building we have and, and can do. And so when we think about building, I, I'd love to kind of talk a little bit uh, uh, relative to your tenure at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, specifically around building a diversity and inclusion uh, initiative uh, with yeah. the foundation and, and how 
the building process was for you and kind of lessons that you learned. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've done that now both at, at the Gates Foundation and, and here at Citrix, mm -hmm. um, Citrix as well. So I guess it's, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, it's it's my brand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. So, you know, I, I, one, I think it's, it's just fun to do, right? Yeah. For organizations that haven't been, um, as purposeful about um, about this topic as they um, as they could be. It's just mm -hmm. for me, just really a really exciting moment um, within an organization's history to to sort of under to undertake mm -hmm. um, undertake that. You know, I, I um, when I do it, I I am very much in receive mode, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it's um, it, it, to me, it's really listening to the organization. You know, mo most organizations have organizational values, and yep. and, and where where does that fit in? And you know, now I'm going to get like real, real, <laughs> real organizational development geeky, <laughs> here, but like you know, competencies for yeah. their employees or their managers. Yeah. And I, I try to be kind of really purposeful around what you know what fits within. Um, within that organization and talk to leaders and talk to employees and see where, you know, where the energy is. I think if, if this work has, you know, taught me nothing, I don't, you know, and this may be a bit pessimistic is there, you know, there's some folks or some places you're just never going to win over, right? Like no matter how hard you try and I yeah. rather spend my time and energy um, where there is energy, right? Like yeah. where there is willingness, where there is, um, where there is kind of, opportunity for improvement and growth. So that that's where I tend to focus. I usually, you know, I, I, I typically kind of break things down, you know, into, into a few areas and, mm -hmm. and there's certainly like a, a diversity area. So, and, and often, um, often that can come um, in the form of, okay, we just need to go, you know, recruit, right? Like it's recruit, yeah. recruit, 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 yeah. recruit, but I don't care what organization you are, you have diversity within your organization, right? And it's also about advancing and help and supporting those employees um, in, in their own growth and development mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, potentially breaking through barriers or roadblocks that they've experienced, you know, yep. in, in the past, whether those are sort of intentional or unintentional within the organization. Um, I focus a lot on unconscious bias, but not, um, not from a training standpoint. Um, so I need to refer you to, uh, so there's uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Lisa Kapinski, who uh, she and her partner uh, wrote this book, Inclusion Nudges. And mm -hmm. it's, it's actually building sort of systems and processes and tools to help us make less biased decisions. Okay. Um, so in, instead of learning about bias and sitting through hours and hours of training that don't, doesn't rewire our brain, right? Our brains aren't getting, you know, you do learning. We're, we're, we don't learn something new in, you know, in 30 minutes yep. or, you know, yep. or three hours. Yep. It's, it's that repeating, you know, repeating over yep. and over and over again. So I don't really focus so much on learning about bias, but how do I take that recruiting process and put in some steps that will uh, enable those those hiring managers to make different decisions or mm -hmm. during a performance management process that we can, you know, we set up systems that um, that group of leaders are, are really making objective decisions about um, those employees performance, not not kind of leaning into assumption and bias and, and all those things that 
just happen as part of how our, you know, how right. our brain works. And then we do learn, um, lastly, kind of uh, around inclusion, right? Mm -hmm. and, and those those tools and techniques that each of us have responsibility to do to include to include others in our work, sure. right? And it's it's um, so that's you know that's basic that's the, kind of the basic framework yeah. that I um, that I use, but it's always very kind of customized to you know to the organization and where you know where um, their needs are and where kind of I'm hearing um, hearing those opera you know opportunities. Yeah, for, absolutely, for absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of curious when when you're building these, regardless of the organization, kind of what what excites you? Two questions. I'm going to give it to you <laughs> at the same time. You know, what, what excites you most and, and what have you found has, has been some of the biggest challenges? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start sounding repetitive, but, you know, like okay. just getting to meet and talk to everyone is yeah. to me like that just I, I'm I am the, a classic, classic extrovert. Like yeah. just yeah. meeting people and yeah. talking to people just, like, gives me so much, you know, so much energy. Like it's mm. just um and I guess I just have this sort of innate curiosity around what people's backgrounds are and what, like, it yeah. just, it just, it just kind of feeds my, you know, feeds, um, feeds my soul. Sure, uh, sure. And, you know, from a, from a chat, from a challenges standpoint, I mean, I think, and I mentioned both racial and, and gender equity earlier, mm -hmm. I think there's just some really long-term systemic issues that we have just let linger and linger and linger and linger for you know i mean decades at least but you sure. know arguably hundreds you know hundreds of, of years yeah really, um that that we just need to sort of put our heads down and start fixing it right like the the time is over for like we can't or we won't or that's just the way it is and we mm -hmm. just we just have to do the work yeah um, and I think th that presents a, a problem in that, like, you can't make anyone do their own personal work, right? right. <laughs> as much sure. as I can do within an organization, if these are things we learn individually based on our culture and our society and yep. stuff we've absorbed over our entire lifetimes. And, you know, the, I, don't, I don't have like a little, you know, magic wand. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we we all have to think and reflect and and kind of unpack that for ourselves and how do how do we contribute to um, to those circumstances and what can we do individually to to you know un, unlearn them? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, you know, I, I think back. This was a number of years ago. Uh, we had a younger employee at Spears. He's no longer there for uh, totally different reasons. And um, very nice gentleman. Um, we had a very good relationship and uh, he was also very religious. And I remember one, at one point he, he made a comment almost to an offhanded manner where he said, you know, I think being gay is a choice. And I'm like, <laughs> and I literally that's accurate because that was the orientation of our desk. So anyway, uh, I guess I was channeling my memories of this, of the, of the actual time. And I, and I literally looked at him and I think this was, it was, it was before I was a coach, but I, I still looked at him. I said, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. And he's like, well, you know, the research, blah, blah, blah. And so like what research? And so we ended up having this very interesting conversation. And, you know, then there was a, a certain religious uh, connotation that came in and we talked about that. 
And we had a very open and, and really good conversation about it. It kind of came to a let's agree to disagree place, but amicably. And um, it, it was a fascinating experience for me, like you were talking about before, relative to, as the phrase goes, inviting people at the table. I'm not so sure I changed his mind necessarily. Right. But at least we were able to have kind of an open conversation about it. And you know, you made the comment that we just need to put our head down and do the work. And so, you know, what I'm, I'm kind of curious now. I, I didn't think of asking you this, but, but what would you have told me to do in that situation? No, I, like, I think you handled that, that perfectly. <laughs> You know, those sorts of, I mean, it's so easy. Like, trust me, I, I get, I get like, it's easy to get mad. It's easy. Yeah. 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 It's easy to get, it's easy to get mad. And I've been in those situations where I certainly got, you know, I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten angry, but I think when we can approach any of those sorts of situations with curiosity yeah, um, and, and really, you know, and, and like what, what you were doing is like, what, what, what is driving that, right? Like right. what is that person really value and, and i'm yeah. sure you know well i'm not i'm not sure because i'm not that person but you know sometimes because it you know it, it comes to a place where and i've had these conversations where that person generally cares about you and according yeah. to their belief system like they're they're really trying wanting to help right yeah. i mean it's, you know it, this isn't universally the case but like when i've had some of these conversations um, it, it was because like, you know, I, I really care about you, Scott. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think, I think this is sort of harmful. Yeah. Um, obviously I don't, you know, I don't agree with, um, with them, but, but at least like you sort of know what's motivating, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that statement that you would probably have gotten angry, you know, angry, um, yep. angry at, and, and, you know, maybe they understand you a bit better and you kind of understand where that, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're making me reflect on, you know, what, once I sort of came out and, you know, with my now husband and, and we have a, you know, we have a son that's 21 years old, you know, I, once I kind of went through that whole process and that was while I was at, at Deloitte, um, I, I can vividly remember a client of mine and I was running a team and she was a brand new client and, I walked into her office and there was sort of a Jesus sign. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and I was like, oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do? But I was like, you know what, Scott, when you, you know, when you kind of started on this journey, you said what, like, you, you were going to be you, right? Like, there was no more, there was no more hurting back. And I, you know, and I, I kind of always took the policy of, if my coworkers or my clients are going to talk about their spouses and their children, yep. then I'm, then I'm going to do the same. Like, yep. um, and, and, um, I did. And she blew every negative perception I had of that. Like I, it made me realize yep. how much baggage, how many assumptions I was putting into literally all it was, was a sign. I knew yep. nothing else about this woman. Yep. And my mind went 300 different places and it was all negative. Yeah. Um, and when, um, when I kind of opened the door of, of that kind you know, of that conversation, we, we had a great working relationship. We were super, you know, super friendly and uh, it, it would just be a big kind of learning point uh, for me that sometimes 
those circumstances yeah. about us. Absolutely. Right? It really is about, Absolutely. Um, about the person we're, we're talking to. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's a great life lesson. And uh, so many of us have had similar in, in one form or another where it, you know, j- just like the, the total opposite of what we're talking about diversity and inclusion. And we always, we, we have to, you know, as human beings, we may be part of X, Y, or Z quote groups, right. yet there's all kinds of other people in the world and we can have our own biases Absolutely. that we don't even realize we have that's based on experience and, yeah. and, and other uh, sources of knowledge that we have to be careful of too. And I, I love that you shared that because it is, exemplary of, of how we all are human and, and even, you know, all of us that, that are conscious about working on diversity and inclusion, we ourselves have to be conscious of our own internal diversity and inclusion at all times. You you describe yourself as a scientist, Martin. Like I think the biggest Petri dish for this is sitting on an airplane and an empty seat next to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Watching every single person walk down the aisle and our brains are just evaluating every single one of them. Like, is this someone I want to sit next to? Yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, I have a coworker and friend. He met his wife on Southwest airlines because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I love the story. Our bias is in like overdrive. Yeah. 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 Airplanes. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, listen, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I just, you know, I, I always kind of like to wrap up kind of like with, with kind of a, a, you know, kind of a big question, a, a you okay. know, a heady question, if you will. Um, and, and what you just shared was, was pretty groundbreaking in a by itself about, you know, watching our own internal biases. So, I, so I guess maybe I'll ask you this and, and maybe it's the same answer and that's okay. Um, you know, what, what do you think's been one of the biggest lessons you've learned in, in your own life journey? Yeah. Um, so it's partly that, and I think it's also partly something I shared early, like, don't, don't let the fear of a misstep hold, hold us back. Like to me that, um, every time I've grown, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's when I was doing something that I was probably scared to death of if, right. if I really, you know, that, 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 whether that was the first time I was on stage giving a speech or the first time I had, you know, some of these really hard conversations about diversity or mm-hmm. like I, you know, I screwed up and got some yeah. feedback on how yeah. I screwed up. Like that, um, and, and maybe there was a little naivety in there as well, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that if I would have let that, kind of fear um, stop me, um, I would have not had all of these wonderful experiences right. and not have built the relationships that I have. And, and I, you know, and, and I get it. I know it can be scary. I know it can be sometimes even paralyzing yep. for people. Um, but I always encourage people like to start out small and take a, you know, take a little risk and ask someone you feel maybe a little more safe and comfortable and knows your heart. Yes, um, but that that can really just kind of blossom into something a lot bigger and, and richer when you're when you're willing to be vulnerable yourself and take a little uh, take a little risk. I love that. What a beautiful way to end. I really I really appreciate the time you spent with us and and the knowledge and and your life experience that you've shared. And so thanks so much uh, for joining us today. So, you're very welcome. Thanks uh, for having. Yeah. And so for everybody else, uh, we hope you enjoyed our, our little chit chat here today. And 
want everybody to remember, please, if you enjoyed this, please go ahead, click subscribe and click the notifications so you don't miss any one of our interviews, book reviews, or heart to hearts. And remember, life speaks to you. And if you think it doesn't, you're not listening. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.